Hello and welcome to episode 116 of State of the Game, the golf podcast that talks about stuff that matters. Rod Murray's my name and what matters on this episode is the opportunity to talk to one of the most refreshing and respected of the game's modern stars. Two-time major winner and former world number one, Seon Yu, will join us in just a moment. Hard to find anybody in the golf world with a bad word to say about the six-time LPGA Tour winner and by the time we finish this episode, I think all of you listening will understand why. However, before we meet Sayon, let me bring in my fellow travellers on this golf podcasting journey, which is approaching its 10th year. We start on the left coast of the US with one of the game's most forthright commentators. He's a blogger, podcaster, analyst, author, critic. It's Jeff Shackelford. Jeff, I think this might be a special episode for us. I don't think we've had a former world number one on the show before. So we I guess have not. That makes no. us a 10-year overnight success. That makes success. Right away. That's exactly yeah. <laughs> right. We are there. Looking forward to chatting to you today, my friend, as always. And from down here in Australia, the man who's responsible for organising today's chat, architect, columnist, former tour player, all-round golf nerd, Mike Clayton. Clates, this should be an especially enjoyable discussion for you today, as I know Sayon's a personal friend of yours that you spent quite a bit of time with during her regular trips down here to Australia. Yeah, she's stayed at my house at St Andrews Beach, and I've watched her play many times, and she's at one of the... One of the best players in the world for a long time now. No question about that. The record <laughs> says Don't you laugh, so you don't come through. <laughs> well, most of the time you just gave me shit, so it's really hard to, like, you know, like it's amazing to hear that, like, you gave um, something really good to me. We're off to a flying start. I'm enjoying it already. Finally, after all of that, to the real star of today's show. As I mentioned in the introduction, Sayon is a two-time major winner with the 2011 US Open and 2017 Chevron Championship on her resume, but she's also... A 10-time winner on the Korean LPGA Tour and, more importantly, one of the most popular players in the game. So, I'm fabulous to have you along. Thank you for taking the time. I think we find you in Korea at the moment. Is that right? Yeah, I just came back to Korea uh, Korea yesterday and then I'm here to attend the BMW Ladies Championship next week in Korea. Do you get much- Thank you for having me. No, no, no. It's an absolute uh, pleasure as all ours. Do you, get, <laughs> do you get much chance to go back to Korea and how do you try to organize those trips? Do you try and do two- and three-week blocks because it's not a small journey, is it? Well, you know, like we usually start the season in Florida, then going to Australia, um, Thailand, Singapore, and then start back to America. And then we actually going to go back to Asia for fall season. So, um, you know, after we finish the season, I definitely come back to Korea for like at least a month. And then I usually stop by Korea after two Australian events before I'm heading to Thailand or Singapore. Um, And then... uh, you know, I always try to find some time between like July to August to going back to Korea for a couple of weeks because I miss my family and like Korea so much. And then um, I usually going back to Korea after first season in Asia too. But um, since COVID, I was able to stay in Korea for nine months last year. And then even this year, because we had um, a lot of gap between um, Avian Championship and then AIG Women's Open. So I was able to stay in Korea for a while. From the outside, and this is true for all international golfers, I think, it looks so glamorous, doesn't it, flying around the world and playing golf. What are the things you miss when that's your lifestyle? It's always struck me that simple things like just having a dog is difficult <laughs> when you spend so much time on the road. What are the things you Actually, miss? Actually, like you, like you just said, like my number one um, like to-do – well, I do have a lot of to-do list after retirement. The first thing I want to do is having a dog. Like, I wish I can have a dog, but just travel by myself is just tough enough, so I just cannot have a dog. But I definitely want to have a dog. And then uh, what I miss is I miss is four, four seasons in Korea. We do have spring, summer, fall, and 
winter and then it's quite all very different. Um, so I miss that. Of course, I miss Korean food. And then I think most likely, I mean, most importantly, I miss my own bed. Like I'm actually so sick of just traveling. <laughs> um without my own bed so <laughs> uh, i want to say that's the things i miss most when i'm on the road yeah i'm going to ask you uh sayon how you found yourself getting linked up with mike clayton uh so right now i'm working with um scottish caddy but before that i worked with oh sorry yeah go oh, sorry go ahead no no you go ahead I, I was on the wrong track there finish your story i shouldn't oh yeah and then before that i uh worked with aussie caddy for like Six years, seven years. Who was and that? Then, Who was that? Um, Who was that caddy? <laughs> Tom Watson. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think he's caddying in Japan right now. And then Clytes and Tom is really good friend. And then I became a friend with Clytes as well. Uh huh. Clytes, is that how you remember it? How did how did poor old Sayon okay. end up in your clutches? Well, it was funny. <laughs> um, Tommy's first week with Sayon was at Royal Melbourne in the the Open that Jessica caught him. Ah, six-way playoff, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Really, yeah. And I was – it was funny. I – Peter Corder had rung me and asked me to organise a caddy for Jessica. So I got a friend of mine to caddy for her. So I watched her that week mainly, and I was kind of barracking for her, really. <laughs> but when, when Sayong three-parred the last hole, I was – that let Jessica into the playoff, really. So it was kind of a bizarre start to our relationship. But – um. You know, we played. Sayon came back every year. Tommy, Tommy, Tommy. She was a pretty nice girl, and I found out she actually was. <laughs> so, um, you know, we just got to be friends through Tom. And then when Suo came on the tour, Sayon was great to her. She, she would play with her, and so it was great for Sue to be able to play with you know, Sayon and Envy and kind of be embraced by those two great players. So, um, you know, yeah, just through, yeah, just through kind of golf. Right? I mean, it was, shows why golf is such a cool game. That, it's amazing, isn't it? You know, I would never have come across Sayong in, in, in any other way that she plays golf and I played golf and we had a mutual friend who played golf and, we, you know, we get together. So, well, that, so the way you drive, Clutch, you might have driven your car into her in Melbourne when she was there to play a tournament at some point otherwise, but that's the only other way I could think that uh, that, that, that meeting. Also, I think just because, you know, Clutch is a um, formal player as well, yes. and then I actually always feel quite embarrassed if you say this, but I still feel like I don't have enough knowledge about um, like history of golf or like architect of golf course. So Clutch is the one always um, – you know, like teach me a lot of the things and that he made me feel like I'm really have zero idea about golf because <laughs> like everyone knows, you know, he's literally like dictionary of dictionary of golf. Um, so um, he's like my teacher as well. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Jeff, it, it's, it's not an uncommon story. We often hear players talk about how they're upset at their own lack of knowledge of the history of the game and architecture. They're, they're so involved, when? aren't they? The professional player. Never. <laughs> that was just so beautiful to hear that. We never hear that. It's refreshing, isn't it? It is refreshing, isn't it? Um, yeah. The game would be better if there was more of it. So, on, let's talk about architecture because it's probably what Clates is best known for. Even though we always forget that he played the game for a living for so many years, which is such an impressive. You want to talk feat. about this for ten hours? Once we're going to start, we're going to talk about it for ten hours. <laughs> no, no, we have. We'll cut it off. That's we have exactly other right. Topics. We, we won't let Clates talk about this. But having an interest in architecture as a player, does it help or does it hinder? Uh, I want to say both ways. So because. Like, for example, we played a Mountain Ridge Country Club last week. And then, to be honest, LPGA doesn't have to 
I mean, we don't have a many chance to play really great golf courses. And then when I play golf course like that, you know, Donald Ross dessert, uh, design, and then I really like the golf course. Of course, like some of the holes, like I didn't like it. Actually, that's <laughs> kind of bad ethic by place because I start to judge the design of the golf course instead of just play the golf course. <laughs> but anyway, when I play that great golf course, uh, I really, I'm really pleasure to play that golf course. And then that made me more enjoyable to play the golf course. And then most of the time that connected to the, um, I mean, that just made me bring out the, my best on the golf course. And then I was able to play well at the uh, great golf courses. And then when I play bad golf courses, um, I want to say like, if it's like bad setup or like design is not great enough, whatever, I started to complain about it. And I started to think about like, how can I fix this problem if I can fix this? So um, I think definitely having a both, I mean, good way and bad way. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. Mm. It was a fabulous golf course, that one last week. I'd never heard of it, Jeff, Mountain Ridge. And yeah. I read about it prior to, because I had to write the previous. Like, oh, I'm suddenly looking forward to this. And my goodness, it really stood up, didn't it? What a fabulous test. It looked great on TV, yeah. And it, it's another course that's been restored and, mm -hmm. and had gone a certain direction. And a guy named Ron Pritchard did it. And uh, it's wonderful to hear that, that, that it resonated like that to a player, because that's what we love to hear. We're kind of architecture geeks. So we love to hear that, that, <laughs> that a good player is, is seeing the difference and appreciating the, 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 the pleasure of getting to play a tournament on a course like that. And usually we know it's because it's also good design rewards, good shots. And that's what we, we, we want to hear and see more of in, in golf, especially the LPGA tour, because, as we've discussed on this pod and uh, many times, you know, when they come to Wilshire and places like that, uh, it's just, it's, it's just great to see the women playing. You, you just see different shots. Uh, and then for a lot of us, it's just more fun to watch the women on a great design because they're playing it more the way the architect intended instead of kind of the way the men play the game now. So it's uh, exactly. hopefully more, yeah. more places like more mountain Ridge step yeah. up and host events. Right. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I think the, since we started to play the KPMG Women's PGA Championship, like when PGA of America just jumped up to our tour, I think they started to give us um, better opportunity to play really great golf courses. And then I have a feeling that um, like they started, they started the competition with the USGA. So I almost yeah. feel like USGA started mm. to pick the even better golf courses for us because yep. PGA of America was doing better job when USGA was not really good at selecting, like, I mean, we did play great golf courses for sure, but I always thought, like you said, like, you know, compared to PGA guys, we have less chance to play great golf courses, but since PGA of America stepped into our tour, I feel like USGA um, started to think about even more to, um, they want us to playing, um, quite well-known golf courses as a great golf, golf architect. Yeah. It Okay, and, and same with the women's British Open. Yes. Yeah. You know, they've noticeably moved on to better golf courses in the last couple of years. Yeah. Which is great. We're playing Muirfield next year. Yeah. Wow. Well, I, which is kind of an interesting statement by the RNA, really, to to, to put the women there before the men. Which is yeah, great. there's still no men's open committed there. No. Yeah. No. And of course, you say you're looking forward to playing Muirfield Zone until you get a bit like Canoosey, until you get there and play it and then realize this is brutally difficult and it's not going to be much fun. Shaq, that's important, isn't it? And I've tried to sort of write about this before, but I think it's overlooked. What the KPMG, PM, PGA, and the Women's British Open have done for women's golf is really elevate the whole game by elevating the level of courses they've taken the game to. Gives the players an opportunity to show off the extraordinary skills they've got on courses that are worthy. And we 
don't we don't rate that highly. Well, the game generally doesn't rate that highly enough, does it? Uh, well, people are noticing the difference now. So we love that. I uh, love that. that so you recognize it's it's a little bit of a competition, and it is. They're all trying to uh, one up each other, and we also know they're using. You know, it used to be they'd use the senior open to say, "Hey, um, congressional, take a senior open, and then we'll give you U.S. Open." Well, now they're, now they're saying, "Take the women's open." Uh, and the men, and it's, and then as we we know, it, more and more of these places are really enjoying hosting the women more than the men because it's not quite as big of a footprint and not the damage isn't quite as great. And then when the actual tournament comes, the women are uh, nicer to deal with and they play a game that's more relatable. And uh, I mean, Pebble Beach is coming up, which I'm so excited about. Uh, it's just, and it just, as we know, it just adds, it gets more people's attention and gives people more respect for, uh, the women's game. And that's, uh, what we want to see. Indeed. So, you know, when we go to these places, the name golf courses, for some people, the names, they just think Pebble Beach, it's a big name golf course. So that's important. How important are the design elements and do most of the other players, are you rare among the players do many of the players talk about the quality of the golf course i know sue has been infected by clates obviously as well but <laughs> is there is there much talk about courses and what makes a good or i heard i can't remember who it was i think it might have been marina alex said last week that mountain ridge would be a fabulous place for an equivalent of the players championship for example that the or to even host a major that it was that sort of and is there much chatter about that amongst the players do you think most of the players get it in terms of the architecture yeah, of course. Um, especially um, like, um, well, I'm not sure I can say myself as the term player because I've been professional for 14 years and this is my 10th year on the LPGA tour. So because I play the tour long enough to understand um, like what's a great golf course and what is, I mean, I what's a great design and what is not great is, you know, great design. So um, if somebody like me, like playing on the tour more than five years, and if they understand the golf architect, we definitely talk about it a lot. And then I think um, this is one of the most girls' concern. Um, first of all, even though if we have great golf course, if tournament organization didn't set it up correctly, it's just ruined the golf course design. Like, you know, it really depends on um, which team ground we are going to, you know, playing for. It's just totally different golf hole. Actually, that's one of the reasons why I love major tournaments so much because, like, um, we do use plenty, well, like multiple team grounds during the tournament. So even though I play the same golf course, sometimes I just play, I feel like just playing three different golf courses within, within a week. So, um, um, and well, going back to, you know, the original subject. So most of our concern is, um, I think just, LPG started to set up the golf course for only for the long hitters, which is golf is not all about the distance. I think we should use all of, you know, all of 14 clubs and that whoever uses 14 clubs most effectively, you know, that one should win the tournament, not just with the driver or not just with the, the putter. So once we started to talk about that issue, we started to realize how important to play the great golf courses to have fair competition. Clates, would you rather play a bad golf course or a great golf course badly set up? That's almost more offensive, isn't it? A great golf course poorly set up for play? I think I should give up for that. I, <laughs> I really don't know the answer. <laughs> I'd, ra I'd rather play a – I always hated playing bad golf courses. Uh -huh. um, no. Shocked. <laughs> but I think um, 
Yeah. Um, how many great golf courses are badly set up? I mean, what did they do at Royal Melbourne, the last Australian yeah, over there that offended you, Clates? Do you remember yeah, that? Yeah, I guess Marion's badly set up, right? I it mean, was Marion terrible. Would be a for... great golf course with all short grass. And so, what about Royal Melbourne? Was it badly set up? In 2014, was it the. Um, was no, it the I sixth? thought the women. Compl- sorry, the women's open? Yeah, the women's open. Remember the sixth hole? You weren't happy with where they put it. They've moved the tee way forward. And in fact, I think they might oh, have they taken the, the angle out yeah, of it either. Yeah, that was. Yeah, they moved the tee way too far forward. Yes. So it became a. Four iron, nine iron hole. Yes. So the next year they went back, they moved the tee back. I went and, and played with Trevor Herden and Sue. And sorted it out. <laughs> yeah, we went out before the tournament. <laughs> said, Trevor, you've got to take this back. So it's a three-wood or a driver across that bunker. Yeah. Because no matter where the tee was, it didn't make any difference to the, to the length of the second shot. It just meant they hit a shorter club off the tee. Yeah. And that's a better hole than having hitting a four iron off the tee. One of, one of the world's great holes. And to do that to it for that field was... Not, yeah. It was sad, wasn't it? it was sort of quite, yeah. sort of embarrassing. Where do you stand, or say, on? We see this not as often as we used to, thankfully. But the lack of respect for women's game against some male spectators, in particular, what do you say to those people? And, and what don't we appreciate about the quality of women's golf? I think the recreational. Players? Well, well, um, I think it's a really tough question. But first of all, I gotta admit that men and women's golf is really different golf. Mm-hmm. I want to well because like obviously men um, could do um, uh, more different shots because they're stronger than us. Do you play I with cannot... many PGA Tour players? Do you get the chance to play with any of the PGA Tour players ever? Uh, well, yeah, I got the chance play chance to play with a few of the PGA players um, over the last five years. I want to say, and then every time when I play with them, I realize okay, you know, their golf is totally different than. Yeah. Totally different golf. Like for example, I I got the chance to play with Rory McIlroy at CVS Classic. Um, that was the charity event, like three or four years ago. Mm-hmm. So that was Dog Lake Par Five, and then uh, we did have this crossing pass. So the tournament format is we play with one um, senior player, one PGA player, one LPGA player, and then we pick the the best two scores for the the holes, and then we just play as a team. So anyway, that was a part five. I just, I still do remember that. And then they did have a cursing um, pass, and then Rory wanted to wait until they're clear. But to me, like looked really, really far away. So I asked my caddy, like, do you know how far to that cursing pass? And then he, we well, because it's just only charity, but we were allowed to use a laser. So he lasered it from where Rory was to the crossing pass, and then there was three sixty. So I told Rory, like, Rory, that's three sixty. We can go anyway. We're so behind. And Rory was like, Soyan, I want to wait. And then I get it. That was helping me and everything. I was like, okay, all right. And then maybe I poked him. Like, he was kind of, like, mad at me. Like, he <laughs> bombed it. And then he, he, his golf ball literally landed at where the crossing pass was. And Very then sick. ended up, the ball was, like, 4 four sixteen or something. Wow. So I was, like, to hitting four sixteen, I probably need to hit a driver and then four hybrid, like, at least, like, five iron. But these guys just hitting driver and then just that's it. So it's totally different you know, golf. So I got to admit that. So when um, people watch that kind of big, different, big, different, I mean, maybe for them, like us hitting a driver, maybe me feels like us hitting us. I mean, PGA guys hitting a seven iron. So for them, maybe it's like less fascinating, but um, we, I started to look at the stats um, comparison between LPGA and PGA. And then I saw that um, Inby parks putting, uh, between like 15 foot to 25 foot was better than PGA guys for sure. Um, and then Seyang Kim 
like pitch shot within a hundred yards was just better than PGA guys. So like, you know, if you think about the, just, you know, um, like litter area, like some of the stuff like LPGA, um, girls could play better as well. So, um, it's kind of like really tough to compare to what game is better because we are just different. But what I want to say is we are not just like way far behind the PGA guys. And then I think the good thing about women's golf is like we're we have a lot of a lot of similarity with the amateurs. So for them, I think our game is a bit more. Um, how can I say like relatable? They, relatable. Yeah, they could learn more through our game. They could. So um, I think just I don't want people to think about like which. I mean, women's golf is better than men. Like, men's golf is better than women. I think we just – I just want them to look differently. They're, they're, they're different. I always I, – I wrote about this a while ago. I take issue with that notion of the women's game being more relatable to amateurs, maybe in a tiny fraction of a way. There is not a double-digit handicap player in the world who could go out and watch LPGA players and think that in any way, shape, or form their game was similar. They're, they're worlds apart. You know, maybe if you hit your very best drive, you might hit it as far as so Yon does off the tee with the drive. That's it. <laughs> That's where it stops. You know, it, 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 there's nothing actually sort of relatable in that. Well, sense. but but I do think there is something to be said for seeing women play certain clubs in a certain par threes and and making a decision to go for a par five and two, where we're watching the men now hit a nine iron in. Maybe relatable is not the right word, no. but it's. Um, it's more satisfying viewing, especially in person, yeah. I think, because when you are in person, the way the men play the game now, it's that that hitting a drive a long way. I was just having this conversation today. It's not compelling in person. It's not compelling on TV. You can't either, see frankly, can, in, but, per, in person. You literally can't see it, can you, Jeff? The first 100 the yards is we, lost. Right. No, it's just <laughs> at 300 yards, it's gone. But the thing that people <laughs> always, I think, uh, find when you watch a crowd reaction, they react to ball control, recovery shots, yeah. spin. And and that's, to me, what I see a, a bigger difference in the women's game is is the more control, more spin around the greens and shots that I don't think I really felt like women used to play as well, that they play better now. And so that's why I feel like it's uh, – relatable may not be the right word, no. um, but it's, it's, it is a game that's more – um, I just think it's more compelling, especially on the right course. I go along but, with that because what it feels to me is that it's a bit disrespectful to suggest that it's relatable to those of us who can't play at all. That's oh, it's a bit I, disrespectful I understand that, but yeah, play. yeah, but that's fine. Golfers always have an overinflated. Sense, so. <laughs> that's right. Everyone hits uh, a three hundred yeah. on the internet, don't they? Um, but right. I was curious, just quickly on that. On the before we leave course setup, it seemed like this year uh, the LPGA wanted more birdies, and even the major championships. Uh, put forward more, uh, well, just not as hard as setups as as it seemed like possible, especially Avion. And, and is that uh, is that a reasonable observation? Because we had some really low scoring this year. And, and what you thought? Yeah. Of well, actually, we've talked about it. But first of all, like I just want to um, give you guys an example. Like I, you know, I already talked about the bet setup. So, like for example, last week mountain rates it's really go- great golf course and that whole 17 was quite long for four i think that was uh 440 or something and then green depth was uh probably close to 40 like 38 and then the green is very undulated but um i know it's downhill but we were hitting driver and then second shot was about 
other than like Nelly Cora or like somewhere, someone like hitting really, really strong. Most of the girls hit it like five foot or hybrid, five iron. And then Pin was at the right back corner. And then um, between Pin and the bunker, we only had five yards. And then Pin to the back of the green, we only had four yards. So how are you able to get to the pin with the five iron, four hybrid, five, five wood with that kind of setup? So when LPGA set up the golf course like that, like, you know, like audience never know how tough it is. So we, nobody goes for the pin. We go for the left and then we just, you know, get to play, I mean, putt like 15 yards putt, like 20 yards putt. So when people watching that, okay, LPG girl's not good enough to, you know, hit it mm-hmm. aggressively to the pin. Like if we were able to hit it like pitching wedge or eight iron, at least we were able to go for the pin, but because we have like five iron or like four hybrid, we were not able to go to the pin. So we've talked about it with the LPGA and then LPGA started to think about, okay, like people's fascinating to see birdie instead of just grinding for par. So I think that's definitely effective. And then um, to be honest, we started to have more long hitters. Like I want to say probably like three to four years ago, I was only able to name like five players who hits really, really strong. I mean, who hits it really, really long. But these days I want to say, at least 20 girls like really really like hitting really really long so i think those two uh reason is the reason why you started seeing uh be more lower scores i want to say quite that's partly a symptom of dumb americans by the way the when you watch the open and there's a setup like you just described the crowd applauds when you play that that shot that maybe you know a 35 footer but they recognize a good shot better than we do here i think which is that's just an American, I think. I yeah, to, you know, like, to be honest, when I play British, I feel like the British audience or and like Australian, too, the, they they understand golf yeah. better than any <laughs> other countries. And then they yeah. appreciate it definitely more than any other countries. Like, well, even yeah. like Korean audience, they're like really picky. Like if I hit it to like, you know, fifth and fifth. They never clapped. No they only yeah. clapped for like within a fit, I want to say. Yeah. <laughs> so I believe it. J- Jeff, you made the point, I think, last pipe we did about how much more interesting it is to watch players running the ball up with a wood under a par five. Right. Which we saw last week at Mountain Ridge on the last hole was a par five and it seemed like they were running the ball up under the green as opposed to the PJ Tour where they're just flying whatever under the green and yeah, you almost never see that shot on the – well, you don't almost not never see that yeah, shot on no. the PJ Tour. But it's much more common on the women's tour and much more yeah. fun to watch. Mm. Yeah, like 18 at Lake Merced, that's the ninth hole, but and it'll be uh, blown up soon. But it, it was really fun watching that par five. Uh, I think Lydia Coe hit a couple oh, – well, she hit uh, epic shots she, Yeah, in the playoff against yeah. Minji. She yeah, they like, have a plaque she, for it. She hit it know. through the tree. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly yeah. right. We're going to leave the plaque, by the way, in the redo of the course. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, so – The green's Jeff, getting moved, but <laughs> – so A Jeff, little bit. You're, you're working with Gil on that one? Yeah. Okay, so there you go, Sayong. So, so Jeff and Gil are redoing Lake Mercet, which is oh. already a good course, right? Yeah. It, it well, it's definitely one of my favorite. But I actually saw, I think original. Um, I think you guys called it blueprint. Yeah, like, like a plan. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think I saw they um, uh, put it up the wall like right. last time when I was there, and then it looked pretty amazing. And then I heard, um, I think you guys gonna make a double green few of the holes, right? Uh, no, no double green. Like connected, like the old course. No, 
But there's going to oh, be some okay. that are very close to each other. And then. Oh, maybe that's why they told it's, me it's going to be the, yeah. well, the double grain. So I thought yeah. there was going to be the different too. Yeah. It's going to be very different. Uh, I think it'll be Looking more fun. I hope. Yeah. I hope. And I hope the LPGA, I hope it returns there. It's going to be, it'll be away for two years, but um, it's a great club. And I think they love hosting the event and it uh, like Wilshire, it was really good for their, uh, you know, it, it's the same thing. It's it's not just good for the women. The club is seen on, on TV mm-hmm. and people see how you're playing the course. And they, uh, I mean, Wilshire has sold, national memberships uh off of it and, wow, and uh, okay. yeah it's amazing it, well and it's just such a unique venue too but i love um, wilshire too yeah i mean just the, the location in the city and we've talked about this yeah. too the, you, so many tours go to places out in the middle of nowhere i know and when you're in the city <laughs> like that it just is a t- you hear the sirens you hear the planes but people don't have a long journey to get there the fam i mean this year there were no fans but when they have had fans there, it's just, it's just, there's, there's, there's things you can't even describe that are just different. And then it's different for the players. Right. And I know, right. for, I know a lot of the women love being near Koreatown because of the food um, or, <laughs> yeah. or just food in general. You're right in the middle of like some amazing food places. Yeah. So regardless yeah, of what sure. kind, so it just changes the atmosphere of a tournament uh, so much. And unfortunately it's hard to get golf courses in the middle of the city like that. But it's only getting, only getting harder. Yeah. There's a bunch of stuff I want to ask you about, Sam, but one thing I did just to go back to the distance are, for a moment. Sorry. We are going to get to the Chevron, right? Yeah, we are going to get to the okay. Chevron. Well, we've got a Chevron. You, you already announced it, called it the Chevron. We've got <laughs> we've got a Chevron winner with us, Painful Jeff. to so hear, but there, yes. there we go. You mentioned distance there. Two things I wanted to ask you about that. You, it does seem right. Has the distance obsession we've seen on the men's PGA Tour arrived on the LPGA? And is the disparity, is the difference between the long hitters and the short hitters on the LPGA Tour bigger than the dif- difference in distance between the long hitters and the short hitters on the men's tour? Is it harder to set up a golf course for the LPGA because there's a much bigger spread is the question. So, mm. Well, I mean, I want to answer the second question first. You can do that. Because – You're the boss. Because <laughs> – you know, like, to be honest, when they set up the golf course, I don't think they really care about, like, players' average driving distance. Like, I think they just set it up as, okay, bunkers on the left, water hazards on the right, cover the bunker, 230, okay, here. I think, I don't think they think about a lot of things. Um, so, um, That's really I wish they're going to consider about like how we play mm-hmm. instead of just set up by the number. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I think it's really important to have somebody understand the golf architect and then like golf game. I'm not going to name it. So one of the like formal um, LPGA roles, I mean, he's retired right now. Um, like for example, like Arizona, you know, like Arizona is really dry. And then, um, you know, golf ball could travel different by like what kind of temperature you're playing with and then how humidity it is and then arizona super dry and they're really hot in the afternoon like in the morning quite chilly so if you're playing in the morning you're not able to get over two at the part five but if you're teeing off afternoon like you're easily get over two at the part five but he did not understand the difference so like when you when somebody set up the golf course don't understand that kind of simple logic it's just already lost the interest i think Mm. so second one 
I don't think I really can answer that because I don't believe they really think about it. Uh-huh. And then, um, well, I hope it, my answer is not going to make us look really bad, but that's kind of true story. I'm, I'm, I'm saying this because I want to see the improvement. Yeah. Honest answers never make you look bad, Sayon. Never. <laughs> never. Yeah, just, I mean, I'm, I just really want people to know I'm saying this because I really want to um, see like I- improvement about mm-hmm. this area. And then I do want to um, see that like LPG, all the LPG girls started to appreciate the great architect even more. And then, you know, like knowing about the golf course setup even more, instead of just think about the, how they're going, going to perform really well, be because check. professional golfer is yeah. not just the people that should play golf really well. Like if you're a professional, you should know about that area as you know, like bit of professional level as well. Not like Clay's mm. understand about the golf. Oh no, that but, was, yeah, we don't want them to go. I mean, crazy. that's <laughs> impossible, exactly. But you mm. should know some sort of knowledge, some understanding. and you yeah. should know, you should know who is Pete Dye. Like you should know who is like Donald Ross instead of like who I heard about the name a lot, but I don't really know. Like I just don't want to see that. So uh, I'm saying this because of that, um, like what I explained right now. And then the first question. Um, I think that, um, like distance competition thing is definitely arrived in LPGA too. Like you can tell like people always, I mean, the LPGA, uh, players started to train even harder and then they, um, like try to hit hard as they can. And then they know like long hitter definitely can get benefit. So, um, I think just this, um, bombing the golf course thing is just, you know, like pretty much spread out like whole word. Yeah. Be a job for you, Shaq. You could become the LPGA setup course setup person. <clears throat> they're doing. They're trying. They're yeah. doing better. All the uh, groups are trying to hmm. do better at what she referenced there with with weather. And um, I mean, I've watched the PGA Tour staff over the years and just seeing where they are now uh, and and how much they look at the weather to try to address those things is amazing. Versus just a few years ago, where they looked at it. But now they obsess about it, and I think that's kind of happening with the. It'll happen with the LPGA too, and then yeah. Yeah, you also just sometimes you just, no matter what you try to do, it's it's just very hard to set up a course, uh, to move a field around the first two days. I think that's where we all are not quite uh, understanding enough of their the difficulty of their job, and they need to just they need to move a field around. They can they can only get so creative or. Uh, ask so many questions of you uh, when they're just trying to finish the round before dark. <laughs> and that's, that's, that's what makes their job so tough sometimes. Like everything with golf, Jeff, there's always multiple factors at play competing and it's always a balancing act. Nothing's ever yeah. simple in this game ever from, yeah. from, from the people who aren't playing. Right and when you, the people who are. and when you never come to a course to a new first year, no matter what they do for homework, it, it, you just, you learn so much. Uh, uh, seen a course year to year. I mean, I've watched him do Riviera here and uh, I've watched Wilshire now for a few years and seen kind of the evolution of the setup there. It was, it was a little ridiculously tough as I recall uh, early on. And it, was, it seemed like it was better this year. So it, it, that's, it's a hard job. And then with modern, as we know, in modern green speeds um, that, that makes a job, tricky too especially of a course like this mountain ridge or, yeah, or right. wilshire anyway some serious uh, some serious guys going there so and i'm going to ask you a question that loads of people have been asking for a very long time and it's unfair because it's there's probably not an answer to it but why are korean women players 
so dominant <laughs> in world golf? <laughs> yes, I am definitely got that question more than a thousand times. Um, well, you know, I've heard a lot of people talking about like Korean using chopsticks. That's why we were so good at it. Oh, really? I've um, never heard that. Never heard that. That is wow. bizarre. Really? No, that is, never heard that. What's what's the well? What's the thinking there? How is the chopsticks? Well, you know, you know. To be honest, using chopsticks is tougher than using forks. Hey, look at mine. So oh, yeah, you yeah, think it's hard for you? Know. Look at these. <laughs> yeah. Okay, good luck with that. So they think they think just Korean. Um, just they we have just better like sen- sensitivity with the hands because we were we were using mm. chopsticks. So wow. the, a lot of people actually told me like, oh, because you guys use you guys are using chopsticks, so you guys have a really really great um, like sensitivity with the hands. That's why you guys you know playing golf so well. So I think that could be possible, but you know like most of Asians using chopsticks. So I don't think that's really the only answer. And then what I can think of is just Korean culture. Like we are not allowed to um, show our emotional. Like, for example, like you can tell, like when you watch the PGA, you know, like, you know, what, like if they're mad, you know, they're mad. Like, you know, they're screaming, you know, they drop the, you know, F-bomb, like they're just bringing the clubs that you definitely know. But in Korea, like just in general, our culture, like we, uh, we are trained by just hiding our emotional. Like if you're, you're, if you're happy, like, you know, you can tell you're happy, but don't be too happy because maybe your opponent going to be, you know, pretty sad. And then you should respect that person's, you know, like feeling as well. Also, like if you're mad, just don't be mad in front of people because, you know, that's very rude thing to do. So we always train by um, control our emotional. So, you know, like I think, you know, golf is mental game. So on the golf course, like you should control your, you know, temper, and then you should know like how to control yourself. So, I think Koreans really, we are already well trained by how to control ourselves. So on the golf course, I think we definitely got some advantage um, as a mindset, I think. And then another thing is uh, thankful to all the former Korean players because they've been playing really well in the LPGA. We started to have many support from Korean corporation. Like I actually talked about it with Clyde last week. Um, like, most of the L- Korean LPG golfers have a lot of sponsors, like a lot of the like partner when they come to the LPGA tour and that we never worry about the money. And then, you know, to be honest, actually quite a L- lot of LPGA girls started to worry about the money when they start to travel. So that's why they are still a lot of the girls staying with the housing because they want to save some money. So, you know, like golf is a really tough game. And then if you started to worry about the money, like that's definitely not a good effect to your, your game so for us he's really really thankful to all the sponsors to make us not to worry about uh, anything else but golf like we are able to focus on golf i think the, those two things are um the most um helpful thing thing for korean golfers to be able to play quite well on the tour i want to say Clates, did you teach so you on the f-bomb and could you have benefited from a bit more korean culture of controlling your temper on the golf course in your career <laughs> well i think i think tommy taught her the f-bomb before i did but um <laughs> and absolutely you know australians are i mean you know, i remember first playing with bob charles in the australian open at the lakes and he chopped it down the right of the 12th hole and had two chips and made a triple bogey and I'm just waiting for him to bang his club in the ground or kick his bag or <laughs> to do what you would have or, done. 
And I couldn't believe he didn't do anything. It's like, <laughs> what, what's wrong with this guy? Which was a lesson I should have learned and never did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was just, uh, he was just, it was. A I gentleman, it was, yeah. I thought it was remarkable that someone could make such a mess of a hole and show absolutely nothing. And he was, he was incredibly, you know, and, you know, I mean, Seve was volatile. But he was never ugly angry. No. I mean, some players are, like me were ugly angry, but he was never ugly angry. But, you know, absolutely. And Peter Thompson was Kel Nagel. They were remarkably good at controlling their emotions. And so he said, just move on. Yeah. Don't carry on. Don't be an idiot. What yeah. About, but, but, you know, it's a, it's a much harder lesson for Westerners to learn than I suspect than for, and so says, for Koreans to learn because from when you're a little girl, you, you're taught that. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, just, it's just our culture, not everything. just as a golfer. Yeah. Yeah, whereas opposed to grabbing title. What about the structural pathways in Korea versus the rest of the world? I spoke to Dean Hurden, say, on well, maybe 18 months ago now, and he says that the, the structure of the competitive golf in, in Korea, particularly for the women, is really helpful in developing players that are ready to play at the top level when they arrive there. There's not much left to learn. Is that true? How does it work in Korea that's different to what we see? Yeah. Also, I want to talk about our culture as well. Like, I think one thing, one of the reasons why I just love to being in Western world is just because I think Western culture, like, you guys never really compare it to other people. Like, you're just, you know, they always say, like, just be yourself. But in Korea, I think we just love the competition. Like, okay, you know, that girl's practiced for a couple of hours and then shot like 70. How come you practice five hours, but you only shot 72? So like, we are so like good at compared to somebody. Mm-hmm. So um, like they mentioned, when like thousand girls just competing each other, they're always, com- you know, compared to each other. And then like, you just don't want to, um you know lose so i think that competitive mind is kind of like make us even stronger because you started well i think is it's having a good side and bad side both i want to say because once you start to compare to somebody like you definitely have more chance to get motivated but at the same time i think you have a lot of chance to burn out because of that as well. Yeah. Um, but I think the competitiveness definitely make us uh, want to practice even more and then just want to be a better golfer. Um, so, you know, we do have this, we do have a little different system. Like, so if you want to become a professional golfer, like you want to go through, you have to go through like Q school thing. And then you have to go through to become a semi-professional first, and then you're going to become a professional. So because of that, we um, have multi for different tour, like for, we do have a two different tour for semi-professional and then we do have two different tour for like actual professional. So because we have so many different tour, that means we have more chance to play and then we have more chance to um, competing with somebody else. So, you know, just, just I think it's very different thing to, just only practice and then always be in competition. Yeah, nothing teaches so, tournament golf like playing tournament golf, does it? <laughs> you, you can't practice tournament golf. You have to play tournament exactly. golf. Yeah, yeah play. exactly. So our competitiveness at the culture and then having multiple tour definitely make us stronger golfers for sure. Right. But your um, your high school exams, which is you have you have one day of exams in November. Is that how they do it? 
Uh, I mean, I, I'm sure it has been changed a lot since I became a yeah. professional, but... Uh, no, 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 I mean studying, just school, oh, study. school exams. Yes, I mean, I mean, so your school exams are notoriously difficult and competitive and, you know, students study incredibly hard, it seems, to get good grades to get into university. So that's away from golf, it's a super competitive environment just exactly. in school, right? Yeah. Exactly, yeah. So, like... Uh, pretty much everything is about everything's competition. So I, well, it's once again, it's very well connected to our culture. Yeah. <clears throat> now it wouldn't be state of the game if we didn't get into the controversial. So let's get into the good fun stuff. So let's start <laughs> with the dinosaur slash ANA inspiration slash now Chevron champ. You're a former winner of the event in controversial circumstances that year, as we all remember as well. I want to ask you about that and your memories of that and, and how you feel about that tournament. That must have been a difficult circumstance in lots of ways. What was your feeling when you heard the announcement, or oh, you probably heard it before us as players, that the tournament yeah. was moving from California to Texas? Um, I actually heard that probably three days before they announced, um, and then just they wanted me to say something. I mean, they just wanted to get a quote from me to how I feel about it. And then when they heard me, the story, I was like, I just couldn't believe it. I don't want to believe it because um, just that place, it just means a lot to me. That's very first major tournament I've ever played. Um, I think 2009 was the first year I played a tournament. And back then there was Craft Nobisco Championship. And then Grace Park was one of my idols. Um, and then I've seen her um, jumping into the poppy spawn after she you know, won the tournament. So since then, like that tournament was always special. And then like when I first played that tournament, I, I just couldn't believe I was there. Um, and then I won the tournament there as well. So that's, that means just, you know, like even more. Um, and then... When they heard me, when they told me the story that we are going to leave, I was like, okay, you know, like I was all, I'm always excited to go into Palm Springs to play that events. Um, and then um, I was so sad that I was able, I was not able to go there anymore. Um, but, you know, I know that place is very historical place. And one of the reasons why that tournament is so special is because it's very historical tournament. Like, to be honest, like LPG don't really have many um, tournament have more than maybe 10 years of history. I want to say like 15 years of history, but that golf tournament, like even though we've had some different sponsors, we always had a same venue and then we had a, you know, great history. Um, but moving the venue and then having a new sponsor is definitely going to change the old atmosphere. But I heard that Chevron is really keen to keep the old historical things and then, um, like, it's going to be the worst if we're going to losing a tournament as well. So, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm actually uh, not 100% happy with the movement. But, um, you know, if we can build the new history for, like, next 30 years, I think it was necessary move. Jeff, the, the thinking seems to be that there was no real choice, that the very real situation confronting the LPGA was no tournament at all or do what they've done and move the tournament lock, stock and barrel. Do you believe that? Is that is that a reasonable narrative? And what were the options? I know you've been very vocal that you're not pleased with the decision that's been made, but the suggestion seems to be there might not have been other options. 
Yeah. Uh, and I, we will never know. We, we, you know, I've had issues with the date for a long time before even the uh, Augusta national event was created. I just don't like a woman's major being the week before men's because the day after when you have a champion is, is a day that you reflect and there's a lot of attention and you just have no chance on masters Monday. So, um, and I know they're being in Southern California. I know the issues of dates down there, the tennis tournament and the Coachella music festival, but, uh, only the people who deal with all this know the answer to that. Um, so, um, I, I just don't, I don't want to say, I don't believe it, but I, I, I also know there are issues too with, with wanting to get women's purses uh, higher, mm-hmm. but um, as Clates knows, we were one of the benefits of being old is that we've been around enough to see that I've never seen a tournament, um, with be at a place 50 years and, and build up rituals and traditions and change and get better. Uh, we're very blessed in Los Angeles. The Riviera continues to host. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, this event, which is, dates to 1926 here the, for the men, uh, would have been tossed aside and be gone probably by now uh, if it weren't for Riviera holding it together. Multiple sponsors, all that. Same with the, you know, the Western Open. PGA Tour was in New York for 55 years. That just ended because they wanted – they had a certain standard with the purse. And so – that's even on the men's side, it happens. And I, I get the arguments about money, um, but you just can't replicate certain things when you go to a place year after year. And, you know, I have real questions about what they did to create or lose fans there, but you just, it's very hard to recreate that. And so. Takes 50 years, doesn't it? Jeff? Uh, That's the truth. It, well, it just ta- it, ta- it takes a long time. And, and then, you know, I'm old enough to remember a little bit of Dinosaur. Mm-hmm. And what a figure she was. And she didn't even know golf that well. She really liked tennis more. But then what she <laughs> put into the event and what, uh, you know, and Amy Alcott jumping in the pond and what that created. And and then I just know that, you know, Clates and I are, are architectural snobs and we don't think that's the greatest course on the planet. But it always created compelling golf tournaments. And Sometimes the architectural masterpieces, uh, you know, don't do that. This one always seemed to produce a great, compelling finish. And it's, um, uh, you know, and then I, I won't even go into the, you know, trusting an oil company and going to <laughs> well, Texas in April and where there are thunderstorms every day and all that. So we won't even worry about that until that happens. But um, and who knows, maybe they'll change their mind and decide to keep it in the desert after experience it because they are a California based company. So you never know, but, uh, and that is the other troubling thing. They don't have a golf course lined up. Um, if they were, they had a great course lined up, I might think differently. Anyway, go on Clates. Which is going to be my question. <laughs> if that, instead of going to Houston, that said that they were going to play at Riviera or LA country club or Olympic. Would have been an elevation of the tournament, wouldn't it? Would you have had a different, I mean, I certainly would have had a different. Yeah, because, I think we all would have, but yeah. with no, no venue known. That's, that's a little little scary. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in terms of weaknesses, the event's venue was the weakness, was the course. Never felt like a major. In theory, but again, yeah, it produced yeah, it, it great, produ- cha- yeah, great champions does, yeah. and great finishes. And so, you Why? know, we, as much as we love to tout our architect sure. talk. <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right. <laughs> uh, you look at the roster of winners and knowing that So Young was playing at the place where Mickey Wright you know, yeah. won her last event. And I mean, that, that kind of stuff you can't nah. replicate. It's why people love the masters and it's why they love certain events. There is 
Uh, you can't put a dollar figure on no, that's that. Exactly. And, wow. and sponsors have learned the hard way when they don't respect that. And the sponsors that have respected that, um, you know, we, we treasure them more and they get more out of their sponsorship, but these aren't things you can like pin down the dollar amount as to what they mean. We just yeah. know they mean something. They do have a value though. Don't yeah. It's a very real value. I think it's the a good value, thing is, um, yeah, I think it's a good thing is we still have plenty of, um, former champions still on the tour. So everybody just said the same thing as what I said, like, um, because well, tour already made a decision before they told us. So we really cannot say like, you know, no yeah. for yes. But like one thing we told them is like, you guys have to make sure they're going to, um, keep the historical things from the, like all the dinosaurs events. And then they, they just need to keep, they just need to promise that they're going to build the new history for not just for like three years or five years. They just need to be for like long term yeah, tournament. Right. And it, then it seems like LPG had a long term deal with the Chevron for now. So fingers crossed. Yeah. If we get yeah. to 2026 and we're moving to another state again or a different, then that'll have been a mistake. But you're right. They, 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 it, the onus is now on them to build it. So, Jan, they've made the move. They now have to build the tournament around that and make it work just to finish up on the tournament what are your memories of 2017 that must have been a crazy and surreal last two or three hours of that tournament lexi thompson of course had the four shot penalty yeah. uh, well you know like that was a very unfortunate situation for lexi mm. for sure um and then i just did, i just played my game and then i did not know i had a chance to win the tournament i just wanted to make a birdie because i was not able to make any birdies but I any birdies at the back nine so I just concentrated on like what I can do and then I um I think I knew what happened at whole when I was at whole six no whole 17 team ground probably before I teed off at 17 so I you know realized what's going on so I started to think like okay I do have a chance if I'm going to make a one birdie so I was able to make a birdie and then I made a playoff um and then like everybody who were there knew what happened to Lexi and then everybody of course like everybody just started to rooting for her even you know harder because that was very very unfortunate situation for Lexi so I almost felt like I did something wrong you're the villain um, <laughs> somehow yeah um but I just told myself to like you know let's focus on what I can do like I just cannot control like what happened I also at the same time I thought it's not right to say like I'm just going to give up because Lexi is the one who should win because, because I don't think that's really the real sportsmanship. Like, so would she I want that? So whatever, if you, if the shoe was on the other foot, would you want that as a competitor? You wouldn't, would you? You want the other exactly, players to play yeah. their hardest. That's what you want. Yeah, exactly. But like thing was like, before I going out to tee it off, like, I mean, playing the playoff, I heard somebody just, you know, started to talk about it. Like, so you should just let Lexi win. Like she should have just give up the playoff. Like I was like, you know, what? <laughs> I especially yeah. as you know we were I mean I I was in America and then um even though like you know the people doesn't really care about the where where from, I mean well where the player from like um because I played in the like America and then like most of the fans are American fans and then you know the situation were really unfortunate for Lexi like just a lot of things just made me really feel like I did something wrong so I really had to keep talking myself to like, I did nothing wrong. Like what I can do is just focus on my game and let's, let's do my best to get up of like 
best reader. Like if I'm going to win, you know, they'll be happy. If I lose, that's unfortunate, but at least I did what I can do. So I really had to talk myself to like, let's focus on what I can do. Let's focus on what I can do. Let's just do not think about what I cannot handle. And then, you know, I won the tournament. And then after that, because I was so happy, I was not able to think about like anything else. Like I was not able to think about what people told me. And then, even after I won, that was definitely the hot potato. You know, people sort of talk about it for a long, long time. Um, but like I said, I just had to do what I had to do. And then I was able to uh, become um, uh, like champion of the tournament. So I am still very honored to be part of the champion. Oh, and my goodness, haven't you handled a difficult situation with class? Clates. Well, I guess there's one answer to that question about someone telling Soyoung she should let Lexi win is, the answer to that question is, well, perhaps we should all play by the same rules. Well, <laughs> on, the, on, a, on a bigger question, though, Clates, and, and the 2017 ANA, as it was then, will go down as one of these, a little bit like the 96 Masters, Nick Faldo's achievement gets somewhat overlooked because of the story around Greg Norman. Yeah, and the same thing for Soyeon. Her incredible achievement gets overlooked somewhat because of the controversy around what happened to Lexi Thompson. Why, it's a shame. shame. Same thing for Paul Laurie at Carnoustie. Absolutely, yeah. Same thing for Bob Golby. You know, so so there have always been torments where the story has been as much about what the loser did as what happened to the winner. Yeah. And this was certainly one of those cases. But, you know, this was the, you know, I think this was the, it stood out because it was a rules breach. Yes. Roberto's was just a mistake. That's right. screwed up. Greg screwed up. Faldo played a great round, but this was a case of someone being shown to break a rule the day before. And, and, and until that year, she would have been DQ. That's right. You know, she was lucky she was still playing. That's I, right. It would have been over. I remember writing about it at the time. It was pretty controversial stuff. Well, that's two. So, yeah, shot 68 the last round. I was about round. to say, so, that's you right. Know, and Faldo <laughs> shot 67 the last round against Norman. That's the <laughs> that's thing exactly you, right. you know, you need to remind people. As long as she just walked into it. And they just hand you, know, you the trophy because you were the next person. Clutch score on that's, the final day of a major. <laughs> that's yeah, exactly yeah. right. Bob Golby eagled 15 and made an 8 foot yeah. 18. And, that's right. So, it's, you know, I mean, Golby's play was amazing that day. Yeah, yeah nobody ever ones. remembers that, which yeah. is a shame. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, indeed. That's two controversies, and you've managed to duck all of it without getting into any trouble, Sayon. So I'll see if I can catch you out with this one. <laughs> I had a look on your Wikipedia page, and it told oh, me boy. all sorts of oh, things boy. about what you've won and all this sort of stuff. And there's a heading there called Team Appearances. And there's mm-hmm. the Crowns event, but there's no Solheim Cup, no Pinnacle event that you get to play in. Same is true for Kari Webb. Same is true for Minji, Hannah, our players from here. Where do you sit? And I'm sure you've heard the chatter because Clates, no doubt, would have mentioned it to you because he's a proponent of it as well. <laughs> the notion of a mixed President's Cup. Uh, I think it's a really great idea. Um, like like I said, when, you know, um, it's so sad that we, last time when I played the International Crown was 2018. Like since then, like we were not able to play the internationally crown um the like a lot of the players actually were so happy about internationally crown like i'm sure like minji you know she didn't get the chance to play uh for a country like other than olympic um but internationally crown like she was able to represent the country like i did the same thing i was i'm you know like um it's like super honored to represent our own country so uh we really love to play the tournament but uh i we were not able to play the tournament and then like you're talking about like Kari, 
even though she was one of the you know greatest golfer in history, like she was not able to represent her country very often because of uh, we don't really get the chance to play that kind of format. Um, but if I think if we're going to have a chance to play uh, something like President Cup as a men and woman um, like mixed event, I think it's gonna be the sensation. Especially you know like even tennis also have like mixed events, and then. If you're going to play mixed event, it's going to be the new appearance for golf. And then I think that's going to be the uh, new way of introducing our game to work. And then, you know, like people might get interested even more if somebody's not golfer. So I'd love to see the new format. And then I'd love to see um, like non-Solheim Cup, like country's girl is going to be able to represent their country. You would be on the tour, obviously, those weeks surrounding the Solheim Cup when the players from both sides, you're surrounded by them, and you would see (laughs) their excitement and the way they respond and the way that event affects them. And to not have a chance to be a part of that, I would imagine, as one of the world's top players must be frustrating. Is there room on the calendar for a Solheim Cup and a mixed President's Cup? I think that's problematic particularly for the american um, team but does one but i think well I'm, I'm not sure about the pga guys but for lpga we usually play about 32 events and then i think adding one more event is not going to be a really big deal i think if i mean we just need to plan it well before it happened and then if we plan it well I, i'm pretty sure lpga and pga like european tour like klpga tour i think a lot of the tour could work together and then pick the best date. And then even though, like, let's say, if we're not able to pick the best season for our, um, our first tournament, um, it's it's not going to be ideal. But I think it's really important to start it. And then we started to improve and build it. Um, the quality. So I think it's, it's more important to start it instead of think about the when could when could be the best date. Every journey starts with the first step, doesn't it? Jeff, 32 events on the PGA Tour from next year, that should net you 100,000. You get 50,000 now for teeing up for 15 events and fulfilling your obligations, it would seem, was announced last week. What about that notion? Can the Solheim Cup exist alongside a mixed President's Cup? I wonder whether, to me, the only potential solution might be something like what we saw this year, a Euro Ryder Cup Solheim Cup festival, be it over a month or a fortnight, because otherwise you're asking the American women players to tee up twice in one year. No, the Solheim now is, uh, oh, wait, I'm sorry. You're Yes, correct. It is. And no matter which way you pre- cut We have a President's it, Cup next year. Yeah, but if you're, if you're on the American. But there's no Solheim Cup n- next year. No, but there. So, if, but, so they're, off, they're not in the same year now. Be, right. So you could. There's a, so if our dream, if, the, if Jay Monahan listened to this show and went, you know, that is a great idea for the President's Cup. We should do that. But actually, they're is, not in it? the same year. Yeah. No, he would never do. No, that. but it actually is in the in the best interest of the President's Cup, isn't it? Well, of course it is. Yeah, the events stagnant, and I mean, have you, is there anybody you've mentioned it? I, every per, I mentioned it to somebody today. I had coffee with, and I and and you know, it would just give that event new life. It would it would further the mission. It would be interesting. Um. And I don't know what the numbers are, if it's it's 18-player teams or if it's just, uh, yeah, you can do it. There's anything. That part is not the hard part. No, no, no. It's the formula we know. convincing the PGA Tour that the President's Cup is never going to be the Ryder Cup. So just stop dreaming of that. Yeah. Um, and and imagine what 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 could make it stand out. Uh, and, and there's just no question that it would just be incredibly fascinating. Um, 
yeah, I, mean, I still believe Olympics. The Olympics would have been a great place for a mixed event. For um, yeah, but um, I definitely but, agree. Yeah, that would have been the better spot. But we'll st- uh, We just need something. We need to break through this. It's ridiculous. People want to see it. They miss the old JC Penny, but they want to see it. I think now that we've seen how the team events work, how great they are, to see countries um, and the and the and the President's Cup is. No, look, no disrespect to the JC Penny, but the President's Cup's a proper international competition, isn't it? It's, correct. It's, it's real. Correct. It means something. The JC yeah, Penny's a nice exhibition, but and is it perhaps the case, Jeff? If we led with a mixed President's Cup, the Olympics people who don't know much about golf might could, be more correct. open to the they notion need, of a mixed golf event. They need a so legitimization of of, of the, mixed format and uh, or or team format. Even yeah. we're not even forget the mix. Let's just try to get a team exactly. component. That really works in the Olympics and go from there. But um, this would be uh, this would be the more I just think more interesting thing for golf fans around the world. Well, it's and um, it's about much more than the PGA Tour or the LPGA. It's about the yeah. game, isn't it? Broadly, there's a that would be a huge leap forward in so many ways. Yeah, and they just get so bogged down on the on what's it going to do for the FedEx Cup or the uh, the money list. I'll stop. And the beauty of the Presidents Cup <laughs> is that it's. It, we don't have to worry about those things, and I think it's proven that the event is good, but it's not quite. It's missing something. The Ryder Cup's its own thing, and so, uh, could it's, be the fr- f- it's frustrating because of, you just think about you look at what the teams would be right now or what they would have been a few years uh, ago, and you whoa, just go, "Oh, this would be great!" And then you know, is there a session where? Um, it's just the women is, or is there, yeah, yeah, you, you can have so much fun with it too. That's the thing. There's just so many possibilities. And you could, you could even make it the FedEx president's cup, Jeff. I'll just leave that hanging oh, there. There's uh, no uh, problem. Well, with they may have like, the way the amount of they, money they're paying. So, they got to play yeah. a Ryder cup in Dubai at some point. We know that. So if you can do that, you can have a, oh. a, a FedEx president's cup. So on, you've played in the Vic open down here in Australia and extraordinarily yep. just gave away all of the money last time to the bushfire fund, which was an extraordinary gesture on your part. That's as close as we get that format in Victoria, I think, as to a mixed event. There's, and it's been replicated elsewhere in similar versions. What's your take on that? What do you get from the vibe of that? And is that something that might be a stepping stone? Could we see more of that? Do you enjoy that week? And what do you enjoy about that week if you do? I, I really enjoyed it. Um, and then the reason why I enjoyed it even more was because, you know, like, we always, you know, like pretty much pretty like similar players always go to play the events. Um, so to be honest, like I learned quite a lot of things from other players, especially like how they play and then how they practice. And then because I already know like what they practice. So I just cannot really learn anything more for them. But when I played a big open, I got to see how guys practice on the putting green like what kind of putting aid they're using like what kind of drill they're using like even on the range like i was able to learn like oh my god like they're using a ground force really well like ground force better than ladies and like i was able to learn some drills so for me that was really great chance to learn about the new way of practice and the new way of playing tournament yeah and in kind did they learn anything did the men learn anything from the women or do the men not look close enough to see what they can learn? I often wonder. No, I actually, well, I didn't really got the chance to talk to men's player at that week, but I heard that like a lot of the caddy who caddies for men, like they told like our caddies to learn, like, like they were actually amazed to see uh, how we play. And then actually the day that 
they were quite uh, surprised at how good we are. <laughs> so I wow. think they were kind of like underestimated us a little bit as yeah. well. And then they realized, oh my God, like girls are good too. <laughs> yeah. That, that kind of needs to start younger, doesn't it? Don't, doesn't that need to be something that, so. that should be just natural that, I think I think about Curtis Luck and Hannah Green, both from Western Australia, have known each other since primary school, independent of golf, but have grown up playing golf together. And there's a natural respect there because that didn't used to happen, did it, Clates? I mean, when you were playing in the state team, did you know many of the top women players? Was there less or more play together? No, I did. Yeah, I did. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, because women's golf was the age, the main newspaper in Melbourne had a, had a woman's dedicated sports writer who loved golf. So... Jane Locke and Lindy Goggin were, well, they were Edwina Ed Kennedy. They were big stars okay. because they just got this, you know, huge amount of coverage in the papers. Yeah. So we, yeah, and, you know, so, so we grew up respecting women's golf and it was pretty good down here. Yeah. But nowhere near as good as it is now. I mean, yeah. you know, we've had Korean, Heejin Joy came down and won the um, Australian Armour the same year she was runner-up in the US Open. Yeah, nearly won the US Open. Good Lord. Yeah. And, Extraordinary performance. You know, it was just phenomenal how good a player she was. I mean, we couldn't believe how good she was. Well, I could believe how good she was, but it was an 18-year-old girl who just came down and dominated the Australian Amateur. And I thought, this girl's really good. Well, four months later, she nearly wins the US Open. Yeah. You know, so incredible. Yeah, play. indeed. I, I do think, in defense, uh, the American men who – played college golf at a school where the women's program is good, like my alma mater, uh, Pepperdine or USC or UCLA. They, they, they don't, they, they know how good the women are there and they, they've played a lot of golf with them from college, but the ones who didn't go to a program where the women's program is good, it might be a little more a of that of kind of prime. reaction, which brings us neatly. What Clates was just talking about there. So into the last thing I wanted to ask you about, um, we know the KLPGA is incredibly competitive as a tour. We know the extraordinary players that come out of the KLPGA and go to the LPGA tour. I don't think we know enough about the KLPGA overseas. Which is more competitive? Where is it harder to win, the LPGA or the KLPGA? And how do we perhaps mirror the success of the KLPGA within Korea? Well, my understanding is that the KLPGA is a much bigger public spectacle than men's golf. Women's golf is a more popular sport than men's golf. Yeah. How do we export that or some of that overseas to get a bit more of that respect for the women's game that we lack in the Western world? So your first question was, which tour is harder to win? And my answer is, if we are going to the golf course that requires a lot of skills, LPGA, um, like KLPGA girls might not going to win much compared to LPGA girls because to be honest, like to play in the KLPGA tour, like you don't need much skills. So quite- Only thing you need to do hitting straight, just having one right. or two different like shot around the green, one bunker shot and putt wheel. Okay. But to win LPGA, I think we requires like more skills. So um, if you're going to play a difficult golf course, I think um, I want to say LPGA is definitely tougher to win. And then KLPGA Tour, um, I don't know, like for me, because, well, even though I grew up in Korea, because I'm so used to playing golf in overseas, I think I am not really um, good with Korean grass anymore. Like, like very unpredictable, like, you know, a lot of chance to get flyer and everything. So for me, like looking at that way, KLPGA is also tough. 
So it's really hard to say like which tour is tougher to win. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I think like the reason why KLPGA just gotten so stronger is because a lot of the Korean girls playing really well on the LPGA. Actually, that's the only reason why they started to support a lot of the KLPGA tour. And then that's how they started to make like more tournament in Korea because we are such a small country. And then um, our country people just really, really um amazed to see that like their country girls going out and then they're just rocking the tour and dominating on the tour and then that's why they want to keep support and then that's how klpg got really really strong and then one of the thing like we really worry about is because klpg tour is really good these days like money is really great plenty of tournaments so because of that like just players just don't want to come to yeah, yeah, yeah they just don't want to risk their life yeah. like they don't need to learn english they don't need to learn like new culture they don't need to like travel like 30 something weeks, you know, compared to traveling in Korea, like traveling for LPGA towards sure. March harder. So people just, you know, don't even dream about going to LPGA mm. anymore. So I have a feeling that like at some point we might not going to see many Korean um, players on the tour. Wow. So that's uh, actually the biggest worry. Um, and um, I think it's kind of natural thing that people don't follow the KLPGA tour much because it's not worldwide tour. Um, you know, time difference. Um, but if KLPG going to accept more foreigners to play on the tour, I think that's the chance KLPG could bring more attention from outside of Korea. Yeah, yeah it was big here when Minji was in contention a couple of weeks ago. They put it on the television here exactly. in Australia, and loads of people yeah. watching that. I see, yeah, the, like, just like that. Yeah, I see the Dodgers game has started. Jeff, you're starting to get a bit distracted there. The, is it do- no, you saw me, you saw me uh, checking your phone already. Uh, <clears throat> just looked over and yeah, anyway, yeah, last one. Ignore me. Are you a celebrity? It's be a long night. Yeah, no could be. Are you a celebrity in Korea, Sayon? Do people recognize you in the street? Uh, well, first of all, a lot of the people said I look very different on TV and all, um, just for real. Uh, a lot of the people saying like, "Oh my God, you're much smaller than we expected. We thought you're much better." <laughs> People say that to Clayton. Like, wow. Like, oh, Soyan, oh, we thought your face is much bigger than what it is. And I was like, oh, thank you for that. Like, is that a complimentary? <laughs> like, um, so people actually, even though like they know who, who am I, like they don't really get a chance to recognize me that much. But like I'm best friend with Inbi. I just hang around with Inbi a lot. So if I'm with Inbi, like they could, they could recognize me. Um, and then if I go to golf course, um, I definitely get, I mean, people just recognize me even more than when I just walk in on the street. But um, I think since COVID, like more people started to play golf. So I feel like since then, people started to recognize me even more than before COVID. Okay. Well, I've seen, I've seen people in LA, how they react to NB. So I can only imagine <laughs> what it's like when they see her. Uh, in Korea, because I mean, I've I've seen people at the LA tournament uh, like get an autograph and just it's like it's like the I Beatles, know. you know, they just lose their I mind. I mean, it's beautiful. I love it. Uh, and of Actually, course, she's just so she's just so you know, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's so, she's so, so used, used to it. To it. Yeah. yeah, and then like, when we were together, if people started to recognize Inbi first, I always just you know running to somewhere to fight, <laughs> and the Inbi is like, oh my god, you're such a bitch. It's like thank you. <laughs> 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 uh, wonderful stuff, wonderful stuff. Well, so, um, we must let you go. We've taken more of your time than I meant to. It's been fabulous to catch you. I've not met you before, so it's been fabulous to meet you. Thank you for taking the time to chat. It's really
really been a pleasure. And thank you for thank being you so much. honest. It's important that players are honest and have it. I know there's a lot of politics around what the LPGA wants you to say and what the PGA Tour want players to say and all that has to be balanced. But thank you for being honest because it's important that people at the top of the game have a say in the future of the game <laughs> for all of us. So we appreciate that. Shaq, great to talk to you. We'll let you go off. Now, yep. are you a Dodgers fan or what's the other team? I'm in Dodger Blue. That's You're the yeah, Dodger you wouldn't fan. know. Okay. Anyway, Come yes, on. I'm a, a Dodgers Giants. I recognize the caller. Yeah, it's Dodger Blue. It's a long story. Yeah, so Have I'm you? a long suffering fan. Well, not suffering. Enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> we won last year, so <laughs> we aren't you in good. the same boat, Clay? Aren't you a Melbourne fan? Melbourne, yeah, the football. So you and Clay are having a good. You and check out good years. Yeah, Fifty-seven years. There, there you go. go. Have you got a dog in the baseball fight, Clayts? I don't do the baseball. No, no dog in the baseball no, fight. No. Zion, do you? Wow, the Dodgers. The Dodgers visited Melbourne. So wait. Okay. Or was it Sydney? Yeah, they play at Sydney. Oh, in that yeah, case, anyway. in that case, and they're coming is, back. Uh, they're coming the back next team. year or the year after. So <laughs> you have to be a Dodger fan. If they okay. played Sydney, Clates will go for the other team. That, that's and if how you that come to the U.S. Yeah. Open here in Los Angeles, we'll try to go to a Dodger game. But, um, so when's the U.S. Open at the twenty three? Twenty three. Yeah. Right. I'll be there. I'm coming. I'm okay. There. You'll be in Europe by then anyway. You have to. You have to try Dodger stock. The hot dog is really great at Stadium. See, she's been to the game. Yeah. Are you a fan, Sion? Are you on one of these teams? Are you a baseball fan? Well, uh, first of all, the one of the pitcher, like I want to say probably like 20 years ago, his name is Chandel Park. He used yeah. to play for Dodgers. And yep. then Hyunjin Liu, he just you know, recently moved to Blue Jays, but he yeah, used to be the Dodgers. Yeah, we loved him. I know. Was, I know. And Chan, Chan so, Ho was just at a game. I went to a game and they honored our old manager and Chan Ho was there. And he oh, looks like cool. he could, he looks like he, he could pitch gold. now. Oh, does he? he? Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he is he, a good golfer. Yeah, that's he right. He actually attended yeah. the PGA tournament. I mean, KPGA tournament twice this year. Oh, I nice. Think. Of course, well, yeah. he missed cut by a lot, but he's very passionate golf. Yeah. Golfer. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. He was yeah. great. And he uh, he was sort of a, a breakthrough, a big deal. And the Dodgers prided themselves in, in sort of bringing new international players. Yeah. And, Exactly. He was a big deal here, and it was neat yeah. to see him. He looks great. He does. He looks like we probably could use him uh, right now. Yeah. He looks like he's in great shape. Clates, Hopefully, Dodgers going to win tonight. We hope. Thank you for we, we, the yeah. good energy. We need it. Rooting <laughs> for here. Rooting from here. Okay. We've, we've Thank reached you. the we've reached the part of the show, Clates, where you and I have got nothing to say. So it must be time to yeah. wind it up. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for uh, for joining us, Clates. It's been great to have you aboard. Thank you, Rod. Thank you, Sayo. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Shaq. Bye, guys. Thank you. Thank you very much. Take care. That's it for episode 100 and something of State of the Game. We'll be back to do it all again next time here on State of the Game. State of the Game is a talk and golf production. Theme music, Writer's Retreat, provided by Lloyd Cole. Visit www.lloydcole.com for more information. For more golf podcasts, log on to www.talkandgolf.com.